Welcome to the Millennial Mennonite Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Dwayne. And tonight, I interview an extrovert. That would be me. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Yeah, it's so exciting to see uh, you guys listening, and we certainly appreciate the continued listens. Yeah, and we appreciate the feedback that you are giving. It helps us to know what we can do better and uh, you know what ways we can improve in. Thanks so much for everybody that has chimed in and given suggestions or even complaints. We, we appreciate it all because we are, we're a work in progress, and this lets us know how we can adjust ourselves to better suit our listeners. So we're excited that you keep on listening, and um, we hope that you stick with us. Yeah, so please continue to keep giving um, your feedback. And once again, if there's um, you have comments about things that are discussed on the on the podcast, just let us know, and we'll we would love to hear from you. With that, let's move on to oh, that was random. Dwayne. At work last week, one of my coworkers came up to me. He had listened to this podcast and he said, Ron, you're not a millennial. And honestly, I was offended immediately. <laughs> and then I thought, wait, should I even be offended? Because aren't millennials bad? You know, there is that stigma that gets attached to millennials for some reason, typically from the older generation. Um, saying that they're messing up the world that we live in, right? And, and then the millennials will throw it back on the older generation. So there is that there is that stigma that goes along with this generation for some reason. And it seems like one of the things that the millennials are known for is being like lazy and and being demanding and selfish. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know why I was so excited to be associated. However, I quickly defended myself. I said, yes, I was born in 1980. I'm telling on myself here how ancient I am. But I, I said I was born in 1980. And that's the beginning of the millennials. Well, I work at a tech company. So immediately my coworkers were pulling out their phones to look this up on Google. Right. And it turns out that millennials are um, generally accepted to have either been born in 1980 or 81, going all the way up through 2000 or 2001. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen some places that place the beginning of millennials as early as 1979. So I would say that you're on the edge, but you're, I would say you're safely in our camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I should be begging to be a Gen Xer, uh, which was the generation right before the millennials, I think that they consider themselves a more stable generation than the millennials. But that actually caused me to to do some looking into some things because we call ourselves the millennial Mennonites. And in time, we're going to do a segment that talks about why we call ourselves Mennonites and what all that has to do with and how that defines us as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about why we choose to define ourselves as millennials. Sure. I don't really think of myself as a millennial. You know, that's not how I identify myself. I don't think you would either, but it is the generation that we're part of. We need to talk about why that stigma is attached to our name and whether it's true of us or as Christians, do we bring something different to the table? Maybe part of our job is to make the best millennials that we can um, out of ourselves And I actually like the millennial generation, but obviously every generation has its own pitfalls and its own downfalls. And so some of those things are probably true. 
one of the things that I noticed in my research is that actually the millennials are made up of both Generation Y and Generation Z. Right. So it seems like the Generation Z, which is the group that's born from 1990 to 2000, somewhere in that range, or 91 to 2001, depending on where you get your data, is still a vastly different group than the group that was born from 80 to 90. In fact, when I think of the difference between the 80s and the 90s and the people that I know that were born in the 80s and the 90s, it seems like a whole different generation gap. However, we're all defined as millennials. And I wonder if that is some of the issues that goes into the title millennial. Yeah, and I think it's not so much about what year you were born in, I think it almost has to do more with the mindset that you have. Like you mentioned that you identify with millennials more. You have more of a, maybe a progressive, more modern mindset, whereas there may be 25-year-olds that are more traditional and feel more like a, you know, a Gen Xer would. Right. I've always kind of felt like I was right on the line. In fact, I've taken some online surveys before or online tests before to find out whether I'm a millennial or not. And Mm -hmm. I always come off very close to the middle between being a Gen Gen Xer and a millennial. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's partially because of things that I had when I grew up. And I think that one of the things that millennials are known for is being the technology generation, like the birth of technology. Mm -hmm. But I was born in 1980, so I didn't have a computer until the late 80s. And and even then, it was only because my dad was a fairly early adopter of the home PC. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been the same for me. I mean, I remember getting our first computer. This probably actually into the early 90s before we actually got one. And, you know, I don't even remember what it was at this point, but I know it was old, but it was pretty cool. When yes. we first got it. Yes, totally cool. I, I remember ours was the same way. And the, the things that you could do on that computer, you know, you could probably largely accomplish on a calculator now or, or certainly on a smartphone. So do you think it's safe to say then that we call ourselves the millennial Mennonites largely because we belong to the millennial generation, not so much that we identify with all the things that make millennials millennials? Yes, I would say that's definitely safe to say. You know, last time on our episode, I interviewed you, Dwayne, as an introvert about all the things that make you you and that make you tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for this episode, we're going to turn it around. We're going to talk about extroverts a little bit, and I will ask you some questions and dig into your mind a little bit. Oh, that should be fun. Last time we were together, we went across some traits of introverts and you asked me some questions i would consider myself an introvert so we went over that um, yes i got to make you all kinds of uncomfortable that yeah, was fun yeah no, hopefully hopefully the people enjoyed hearing me be uncomfortable this time uh, let's talk about extroverts a little bit and being you're an extrovert i'll ask you some questions oh that's fun well maybe we'll learn some things about Extroverts. I'm sure we'll probably learn too much. Extroverts talk a lot, right? So we'll probably be here all night. I thought introverts were the ones that talked a lot. No, am I wrong about that? (laughs) Funny. So extroverts are known for talking a lot, like you said, and being outgoing. But there's some, I want to go a little bit deeper into, you know, their characteristics. Um, So first one I have is it is said that extroverts have a lot of or have interest in a lot of things, or the way it's worded here, they have numerous broad interests. Is that something you find to be true? 
Yeah, Dwayne, that actually is something that it, that is so, so true in my life. I'm probably the poster child for the saying, jack of all trades and master of none. I have so many interests. And in fact, my wife would probably chuckle at me saying this because I'm always picking up a new interest and I'm always trying something new. Uh, I have dabbled in so many different things because always there's always something new and exciting and I want to try everything out. The problem is, is that for me, and I don't know that this is true for extroverts across the board, but for me, I find something new that excites me and so I work with it and everything, but I don't take the actual time to perfect it generally. I get it to where it's good enough, you know, for me to make me happy to have enjoyed that interest and then I move on to another right. interest. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that is an interesting trait because I, I feel that introverts have a lot of interests too, but I think they would be more likely to stick to, maybe yeah. it may stick to something longer, whereas an extrovert, like you say, would just kind of bounce from yeah. one thing to another more. Yeah, I would say that, and it's probably, like I say, it's probably not across the board true for all extroverts, right. but I would say that I'm a very bouncy extrovert. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're an extroverted extrovert. Yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, so like now I'm, I'm visualizing myself bouncing all <laughs> over the place. So sorry well, for that mental picture for all you listeners. <laughs> I want to ask this question, and I hope this comes across clear what I'm trying to ask here. Go for it. Do extroverts, or you in particular, I guess, do they talk to learn or do they talk to inform? Oh, wow. Yeah, I would say that for me... I largely talk to inform. If there's one thing that I'm really, really bad at, and this is probably true for more extroverts than just me, but it, it's that I so want to talk about things, I, I want to communicate, and I like to be open and vocal, that a lot of times I don't spend enough time listening. Right. I'm probably, as much as I hate to say this about myself, I probably am not a very good listener. Okay. So... It's easy for me to find myself in conversation with someone, and while they're talking, I'm spending all my time thinking about how I'm going to, the next thing that I'm going to say, and I'm not even really listening to them because I'm just so busy thinking about what am I going to say next. Okay. And I, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I don't know if I mentioned this in the introvert um, segment or not, but I think maybe introverts could tend to be that way a little bit too. Where, but it's coming from a different perspective, as in the introvert is thinking they're almost, you know, panicking. Oh, that's right. Like, what am I going to say, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we did. I think we talked a little bit about whether you spend a lot of time planning what you're going to say. So right. you're saying that maybe, I don't want to flip this interview around, but you're saying maybe mid-conversation as an introvert, you're actually worrying about what you're going to say next. Exactly. Not so much... As in, I really want to say this next thing. It's like, oh, when the silence falls, what am I going to fill it with? Yeah. So if that's the case, what is the perspective that the extrovert comes Yeah, at? It's, it's generally not at all, what am I going to fill the quiet with? It's more like, I have a lot of things to say. Which of them is the most important? And how soon can I get it out there? Okay. So it's always, there's always things. Like in my head, there are always options of things to say. It's never, oh no, what do I say now? It's more have I picked the right thing that I was supposed to say? Right. And because of that, I stick my foot in my mouth a lot. So <laughs> I think that's probably also an extroverted trait. That, um, because, that probably would be. You know, sometimes I'm more likely to play just a, 
pick the door game, you know, mm-hmm. or um, and where I just point to door two, what's behind door two, and then suddenly something pops out that wasn't it wasn't perfect for that conversation, or maybe offended someone, right? And then I have to go back and kind of redial and, and try to be sensitive towards that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the joys of being an extrovert, I guess. Yay me. <laughs> Extroverts are known for their enjoyment of being the center of attention. Do you find that true of yourself? Man, you, you are going to be hard on me this evening, aren't you? <laughs> You're just picking all my character flaws. No, I, I would say that that is definitely true of me. And and I was joking about it being character flaw because the truth is, is that I think that actually that's something that I don't mind in myself. Right. It is something that mm-hmm. can be overbearing and that has to be controlled. But I actually really enjoy, I, I get a charge out of being in front of a huge crowd of people, you know, hundreds of people, mm-hmm. and and I'm the one that's supposed to be talking to them. Right. Yeah, I'm sure I'm nervous before I get up, but but then the exhilaration and the charge that I get from being there and from doing that is just, I mean, it's it's just pure adrenaline. It's actually, it's almost like, you know, riding a roller coaster or something like that. It's something that I look forward to. Right, yeah, and I, th- I think, like you said, I think that can be a strong characteristic being or en- the enjoyment of being the center of attention because um, extroverts probably tend to be more natural born leaders. So that's kind of important that you can command attention if yeah. you're going to take on that role. So I think that often we say someone is this like enjoys being the center of attention and we say it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And probably largely that can be true because we've all seen people that enjoy being the center of attention and right. it's frustrating or annoying. But a, a short example that I have in my life is that recently at work, I went along with, with a bunch of my coworkers to an escape room in Macon. Okay. And so it was my first time that I'd ever done an escape room and I didn't really know how it worked. And so I decided when I went in that I was just going to be quiet and I was going to let other people talk and let other people work and figure the puzzles out. And as we progressed along, I went in and I, I was, I was just quiet. I just kind of stood there and took the whole room in and I didn't say anything. And everybody was just running around and yelling and shouting and talking because mm-hmm. they were in such a hurry to solve this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, when it was done, one of my coworkers came up to me and she said, man, you really, you really were in charge of the team. You really led everybody. And I realized that as time had went on that I just had, I had kind of, I had gravitated back to the center of attention and it just kind of pulled everybody in. And I don't know if I did, I said, oh, was that a bad thing? And and she said it wasn't, but at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe I had pulled too much of the attention, but right. I went in with the intent of not doing that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess some of that just falls on you, whether you like it or not. Just comes naturally. Yeah. Another characteristic that is given to extroverts is they tend to act first and think later or tend to act before thinking is that a true is that true of you yeah one of the things that i read a while back was that introverts think and then they act and then they think again so that's their order of of doing things and extroverts act and then they think and then they act again okay and so Mm -hmm. that means that for an extrovert they spend half as much time thinking than they do acting and for an introvert, they spend half as much time acting than they do thinking, which probably means that introverts tend to be more purposeful and thought out, right? which is truly a huge benefit to being an introvert. But yes, I am definitely that way. I am. I, I always see the action first, which is another reason that it's easy for me to put my foot in my mouth because I just want to talk rather than think. 
But once again, I think that characteristic can be a positive thing. I mean, because there are times when somebody needs to step out and take the lead on something and just act. And whether you got to deal with the consequences later or not, sometimes that needs to happen. Right. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. A lot of these things sound negative, but I don't know that I would call them negative things. <laughs> you're just you're just being nice to me tonight, Dwight. <laughs> so you um, see why we're such good friends. Yeah, exactly. Just works really well. Extroverts enjoy group work. Is that true or false? For me, that's especially true. Now, I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I wish that I could poll our listeners on this because I think that. I think that that's probably not true across the board, but for me, it's very, very true. I love nothing more than working as a team and being a valuable part of the team mm-hmm. and not even really specifically leading the team. There are times that I find myself in in a leadership position within a team, and I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. but I don't look for that. I don't look for that leadership role within, within teamwork. I actually prefer a team that's working together that I can just be a part of without having to take the lead specifically a lot of times. I love working with the team. Solo work to me often looks almost unbearable or just just like it's it's so burdensome. Almost overwhelming. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And if I can take a menial task and share it with two or three other people, it's suddenly not menial anymore. Right. right. And I think your the social aspect goes into that too. You would just feel more comfortable and more in your place working with other people. Absolutely. Uh, work aside, you know, just being with other people make, right. just makes it a better time for you. Yes. Do you look to others and outside sources for ideas and inspirations, or do you kind of draw from yourself? For me, I do look to others and outside sources. And this is one of the things that I know is not going to relate to all extroverts. So for those of you extroverts out there that are extremely creative, God bless you. I love you all, and I wish that I could be like you. But I am not. I am truly not creative. I am wired very much to take things that other people have done and do them myself or maybe maybe even make improvements upon them. But I don't have original ideas. I've mm-hmm. never been able to just, you know, if, I, if I'm going to draw a picture, I never have been able to just create some type of artwork. It's always for me... I've seen this before and I think that I could draw that right or a while back I, I built a, a big treehouse for my kids and when I went to build the treehouse I looked at some other treehouses and I took I mean that the treehouse that I built is unlike any of those others but every bit of my treehouse took inspiration from another mm-hmm. and so almost everything that I do is is based off of external inspiration yeah and I don't think that that's an extrovert exclusive thing i mean i I believe a lot of introverts probably take inspiration from other other sources too i mean it almost takes more of an artistic personality to to draw from inspiration from yourself so i think that that could go across across both lines I, i love seeing people that are naturally creative it is it is such an awesome thing to watch and I've always been a little jealous of that. But at the same time, um, God made me the way I am. So I'm quite quite happy with that. Right. Here's an interesting one. Do extroverts, or you in particular, do you like to talk about your thoughts and feelings? That's, that's an interesting question. 
I cannot speak for extroverts here, so I will not speak for extroverts here. I will speak for myself. So those extroverts out there that do not can choose to disagree with me. But for myself, I do enjoy talking about thoughts and feelings. I really like to spend probably almost more thoughts than feelings for me because I like to be analytical about things. I like to Mm -hmm. map things out and study things. And so uh, from that perspective, I tend to do that. But I also, I do enjoy talking about feelings too. I would tend more to talk about feelings though on a one-on-one basis. Okay. So I'm not as likely to to just, you know, share my deepest feelings to a big group of people. Right, right. I, I may joke about something that touches on my deepest feelings to a big group of people or maybe some self-depreciating humor or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, but if I'm going to talk about feelings, I tend to do that in small groups and thoughts would be in larger groups. Okay. That's a lot of the reason that I enjoy this podcast so much is because it's just you and I here and I feel like we can talk about thoughts and we probably talk about feelings some too. Mm-hmm. And even though it probably is reaching a little bit of a larger audience with just being the two of us in the room, I feel comfortable talking about those feelings. Right. So the the way this question is worded makes it sound more like an intimate sharing of thoughts and feelings. But what I've seen from extroverts is that they're very vocal with what they're thinking. So there's no secrets with an extrovert you know they're just out usually out with what they're what they're thinking yeah absolutely so generally i think the probably the biggest downfall of extroverts especially extreme extroverts is that words go straight from their brain to their tongue there's no there's no check mark in between there's no time for thought if if something enters their head it comes right out their mouth and so i'm definitely guilty of that well thank you for answering them questions ron that's all i have for you and that was a very informative session i appreciate that well thank you doctor uh where do i pay my bill (laughs) just come up to the front desk all right i hope you have insurance Uh, oh i need insurance for this (laughs) all right i'm gonna need to take a collection everybody (laughs) guys thank you so much for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it i know that i had kind of a fun time if not slightly nerve-wracking being asked lots of questions well i enjoyed doing it it was fun We'll leave you with this verse for the day. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that verse to me is super comforting. We'll see you guys next time.